Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we have Carla Grayson, who is an artist. Hi, Carla. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? All good. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you actually do, Carla? Sure. So I'm a wildlife artist and I create dominantly acrylic realistic paintings and I focus on selling more to the high-end market and I also create online tutorials of my work and that's formed the main structure of my business as it is at the moment. So where did this love of art come from? Uh, it came from my childhood. I grew up in different parts of Africa and I think the part that stood out to me the most was when we lived in Zimbabwe in the 90s and it was, you know, before things sort of turned a bit difficult and the animals had quite free range of just roaming between properties and they weren't sort of sectioned off into national parks as much as they are now. So our property actually had... Um, a lot of elephants that would often move through it and buffaloes and the lawn would finish like ended right in the lake and so we would have hippos and crocodiles and you know those, those sort of um, interactions were quite normal for us so I just always grew up loving wildlife it just always was a part of me and so that's come out through what I've chosen to focus my brand on. And you're um, skill of of hyper realistic animals is is quite impressive. Where did Thank you, you. <laughs> sort of develop those skills? Were you taught them? Was it self taught? Um, what was it's your, all self taught? Yeah, um, my grandma is a painter, so she does landscapes with oil painting and I guess I've always just really admired her and she gave me one lesson when I was seven and it was about copying a vase in the middle of the dining room table uh, and I did it really well and she sort of looked at me and she was like you don't really need me and so <laughs> I just sort of took that as a um, you're good uh, keep drawing and I just I've always drawn and I've always tried to get it as close to realistic as possible I think it's just the challenge of it um, to to make something look alive and I've just I've loved it I've tried to do other forms of painting like abstract and more expressive expressive stuff and it just frustrates me I just can't do it it's yeah so realistic work is <laughs> the hyper realistic art is that I'm always in awe of people that can do that. Believe it or not, we actually did that vase lesson. Why is it at always a vase? Yeah, we did I that, didn't know. we? It's always a vase. Uh, mine was terrible. It looked, I don't know. It looked deformed somehow. But <laughs> I, I, I just don't understand how you can make it look so realistic. Like on your Instagram, there's um, there's some uh, one of an elephant and one of a tiger. I think you've recently done the two. It looks rhinos. like a photo. It's amazing. Thank you. And. Thank you, you. It's just lots of layers. All I can say. <laughs> it's just... Do you, do you sort of um, do you have a picture of what you copy, or is it just your mind just creates an image? Oh, I have no creativity in my mind when it comes to imagining detail. So I always work from photographs. Okay. Um, yeah. So I can zoom in and zoom out. So I always have my a, a computer screen next to my canvas, and I work from that. Um, I would love to work from life, but I think that's a, that's <laughs> a, a tall order. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you always had this passion for art and you realized you were quite good at it naturally, but why did you actually decide to go into it as an industry? Um, I think 
It sort of slowly chose me. Uh, it's one of those things that I just kept doing. And then people started to offer me payment for like drawing their kids or their pets. And just slowly over the years, so I started doing commissions when I was like 16, 17. And then just as I grew older and better at what I was doing, people just started to pay me more and started to ask me what, what I was working on. Like, you know, they're interested. Um, and so it just grew. And then eventually I, I dropped out of art school. I did try and study, but I eventually just decided that, you know, this is, this is what I'm meant to be doing with what my natural ability is. So did you sort of always tailor your, your time at school towards becoming an artist and getting into art school? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> art doesn't pay the bills. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a fairly risky career choice. Uh, I, I sort of, I wanted to be anything from a vet to a fireman to a doctor. I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but art was always what I was good at. So uh, my choice to actually become an entrepreneur at the end, at the end of the day, like it, it's an artist, but I still run a business. That was something that grew on its own. I wasn't raised to be entrepreneurial or, you know, an, an independent woman that would like strike out on her own. That just sort of happened naturally as I grew up and got a bigger understanding for uh, what I wanted. So obviously um, you're, uh, you, you sell your art, but how was it to actually create the business around selling your art? Did you struggle with that? Did you get help anywhere? Yeah. So initially I just started Googling what I needed to do to be able to sell my art and do commissions legally. So setting up as a sole trader. And then I sort of just studied each stage of the growing that sort of idea and becoming this little small business manager and, and making an income. I just studied it as I went along. Uh, my husband, uh, when, when we first started dating, he, he was just excited by the whole thing. So I had support from the start to do, you know, whatever I could imagine I could do really. Um, because this industry doesn't actually have, any rules like what works for me probably won't work for another artist. So it's really interesting to see how many different variations there are of achieving, you know, a successful career in, in the art world. So yeah, I, it just, yeah, a slow progress of figuring it out, trial and error. <laughs> And what's an average day like for you? You know, are you up early starting to paint or how does it work? Uh, before kids or after kids? <laughs> <laughs> you can do both. Um, before do now. kids? Do now. <laughs> okay, well, before kids, it was, it was a lot more focused on painting and I would be able to put a lot more hours into actually sitting down at an easel and creating the artwork. I would be able to do a massive painting in a week and now doing that same painting would take me three weeks. So um, now my day looks like getting up, feeding Emily, um, usually playing with her for a couple hours and then she goes down for a nap. And then during the hours where she's sleeping, I'm in the studio trying to paint as quickly and precisely as possible. Uh, 
when she's awake, I'm doing more admin role tasks and things that I can do that are interactive with her as well. So even though I wish that this job was more focused on painting, it's actually a bit of a split between painting and then actually running the business. So doing, doing your marketing and like web design, videography and video editing, like all the background stuff that goes into creating the content that you need to promote your work. It takes up almost as much time as painting. So yeah. I think when, when we sort of came across your Instagram, I thought one of the things that was really cool was you putting out advice to other artists to help them. And is that part of your sort of um, your marketing philosophy as well? You know, putting this stuff out, hopefully people will come to your Instagram page and find your work. Yeah, um, that all came from, I think, years of frustration uh, with seeing just really poor habits in the art community uh, of artists and people that look at the art world from the outside. And I've gotten to a stage now where people are asking me questions about those topics. And rather than giving like long or inadequate answers to individual people, I decided I'm going to take the most common questions that I'm asked and actually create really informative videos. And it, it sort of has a twofold effect. It means that people will be able to trust what I'm teaching them because they're able to see it on a free format. And then I also have uh, like some tutorials where I teach my process behind what I'm actually doing, which is all self-taught. And then they trust the content that I've been putting out for free so much that they will automatically trust the things that I'm actually asking them to pay for. So it sort of has like a double effect. But I said to my husband the other night, I said, if at the end of the day, the only thing I'm doing is creating a more healthy artist community, then it's been a success. Like it's, it's just getting people to talk about the things that they don't usually talk about. Like the art communities are quite, secretive so uh i i really i've found it incredible actually the response that i've had from and i've only done three of those like discussion videos and it's been incredible that's good Um, so yeah what would be uh some of the personality traits that you uh seen yourself that help you thrive uh definitely being a hard worker um (laughs) being able to take risks and a little bit of a thick skin, short memory combination, um, (laughs) being able to take the punches, like roll with the punches and, um, also be proactive about, you know, areas where you identify a shortcoming or identify an area where you could improve, like being able to actually take that in your stride and say, I'm actually going to do something about this. So I think those would probably be the key ones. What would be some of the biggest positives or opportunities you've had out of this career so far? Um, Positives would definitely be being my own boss. Um, (laughs) You're really, you're limited by your imagination with where you can take this career. I mean, like there, like I said, there are no rules um, in the art industry. You can apply for residencies overseas. So uh, galleries can pay you to come in and work there for months and you have this beautiful exhibit you can have exhibits anywhere in the world. Like you're not limited to a set of rules anymore. Like you used to be, but now because everything's 
um, so transient and you've got such a massive online presence, you can, you can really just wherever your imagination wants to go, if you're willing to take the risk to make it happen, uh, you can, you can do incredible things. Have you ever done a residency? No, I haven't. Um, it's just all sort of happened very quickly. So I've only been an artist like professionally for about five years now. And my life within the last five years, I've moved from New Zealand to Australia and then across different states within Australia about three times and then got married and then having a children, having child. And so just my life hasn't been in a prime residency stage, but I would definitely love to, like I'm, I'm excited by the idea of working internationally. So how do sort how do residencies work? You just go to a gallery and, and actually just work there for, for a while? Uh, so it depends on the setup. Uh, residencies are usually uh, open to anyone and everyone and you've got to apply for it and submit a proposal like you would if you were approaching anyone else in any industry and you want them to consider your product above another business's product. You have to propose why you would fit this role. It's like a job application really and they consider all the applicants and then say we would love to have you on the residency. So it all depends on the gallery, what they ultimately want to be recognized for and what they think your artwork will do for them. So it's like a mutual um, beneficial relationship. And your, your work, is it um, commission based? As in, do you generally have people come to you and say, can you paint this? Or do you just paint what you want and then sell that? It used to be more commission base, uh, but lately, like the past two, three years, it's been dominantly my own original artwork because commissions, even though they're a guaranteed sale, it's still someone else's ideas and someone else's inspiration. So I'll do commissions now, but I'm very selective about the commissions that I do. They've really got to reflect my brand image as well as just really interest me. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm very lucky to be. Because you're going to spend a couple of weeks on it, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you find it really difficult with commissions? Because I'd imagine you're not restrained, but to a certain extent you are as to what you could do with the painting. Mm. Yes, commissions. I used to really struggle with them. Uh, there wasn't any sort of genuine uh, inspiration or um, creativity from my end. I was very much following the needs and the vision of my client or collector uh, which is totally fine and you can really get involved in what they want because there's usually quite a big story behind the painting and what they're looking for Uh, but when you do that for a long period of time you do tend to lose your own vision and I found that it was very important for me like to stop myself from burning out to keep in touch with the artwork that I love to make myself And so I just needed to start doing more of that rather than just focusing on getting as many commissions as possible. How are you going about building your brand? Obviously, you know, you've got some amazing inspiration from your time in Africa and I imagine New Zealand as well. And how are you sort of sculpting this all into the wildlife brand? That's an interesting question. I 
it's, it happens so slowly. I think building, building my brand and sort of really discovering, you know, what, what it actually looks like in reality versus in my head. It just, it takes a lot of time and a lot of trial and error. Like I have my core vision and it's, it's making wildlife breathe through art. So I've always wanted people to feel the animals as if they were in the room. So if, if what I've created doesn't do that, it's failed my vision and I won't, I won't do anything with that painting. So I just have to stick to, to that core purpose. And I I've found that the brand is sort of building itself. It's great gaining momentum around that main, that main desire that I have for my artwork. And I believe if I just stick with that core value and allow it to grow around that, I'll, I'll see incredible things and I might not be able to predict where it can go (laughs) or, or how it will look, but where it is now is, is exactly what I love about it. When you're sort of feeling like you've got no real um, sort of inspiration, what, what are some of the things you, you go to do and, and look for? That's a really interesting uh, topic that a lot of people ask me about, um, like mostly how do I, how do I stay inspired? Um, and honestly, I'm very rarely inspired to actually sit down and paint, especially these days because I'm so tired um, <laughs> being a mum and having another one on the way. So I'm, I'm sort of, I'm at the stage now, I just have to make myself do the work. And once I start painting, I start creating, uh, it, the love and the, I guess the Zen mode that comes with, with this creative process, it, it flows naturally. So it's just a physical, put myself in front of the easel, open the palette, get the paintbrush and start sort of a thing. So it seems very unromantic, but that's, <laughs> that's literally what I have to do. Yeah. Um, what are some of the uh, less favorable aspects of the industry and the uh, career? Uh, I think it can be quite isolating at times because I am dominantly based at home. A lot of artists will work in like a shared studio space. So it's not the same for everyone, but for me, just where I'm at, I work from home. And so I only have my own company and a one-year-old <laughs> and Keeps you, busy. you know, that, that it is busy, um, but it is also isolating. So I think that is probably the main drawback I've found. And also with being online, you can get quite a, quite a bit of negative um, or confronting feedback, um, which is not a major thing for me. I, it's sort of, there's an emotional disconnect that happens when you put yourself online. I think that needs to happen. Um, but that is also part of it. Yeah, certainly. You, uh, with trolls, I mean, you get them everywhere. They're just you just yeah. got to ignore them, haven't you? Um, yeah, w- yeah. We absolutely. like to talk a bit about what people could expect salary-wise. Now, when yeah. we do this with creative industries, we always find it very difficult to find real figures, <laughs> um, as you yeah. can imagine. But we sort of managed to uh, nail it down to, in the UK certainly, people can earn from as little as £5,000 for their work up to sort of, you know, into the ten to thousands but the average figure we came down to was about twenty thousand pounds um gdp which is about forty thousand dollars um over there in australia does that sort of sit right with your experiences and people you know within the industry 
Yeah, well, most most people I know actually within the industry have a supplementing job, so they actually do their art part time. So having a, a minimum wage, um, so maybe yeah, about that that forty thousand a year would be, I think, a realistic expectation. Uh, but it also does take years to get to that point. Mm. So it's such a tricky thing to put a number on, isn't it? Because you've like I had 83 cents to my name when I started oh my word. and like, you know, you, you get into the negatives and <laughs> you really rely on, on the people who, who believe in you to get through those, those times. Cause you might not have a sale for months and months, you know, like how do you keep yourself going? Um, my first, my first sale took three months and it was a massive brown grizzly bear and I sold it for $3,000 wow. and it was at 10 o'clock at night. And I woke my husband up and I said, you're not going to believe it. I've sold the bear. <laughs> and it's like, from that point, I just, I had this belief in what I could do and that people actually wanted to invest in it as well. So, I mean, like you can start in the negative as an income, which is terrible. It's terrifying. <laughs> and you can end up in the millions. You know, you've got artists who, who are absolutely off the, off the scale. So <laughs> it's really, really hard. Mm. Um, yeah. To put a, to put a, an average number on it. But I think, yeah, if you are able to make a minimum wage, you're doing really well. <laughs> Obviously um, arts subjective. Um, yeah. And so how does, how does someone price their own art to then be sold? It's so tricky. Oh man, that's another good question that people ask me. Uh, pricing for me. So what I did at the start was I based the value of the artwork on the time that it took me. And it was also based off what people had been paying me up till that point. So I've, because I'd been selling commissions and, and artwork ever since I was 17, by the time I was in a professional position, like actually trying to make an income from it, not just, you know, pocket money or the odd sale, like actually really trying to push it. I had a rough idea about what my word, my work was worth to people, uh, at, at a very basic level. So I considered the hours that it took added tax to that and added the material cost to it. So I just started like at the base rate for the hours. So people were paying $300 for a portrait. And then basically as demand increased, I could increase my pricing because I'm only able to create so many drawings in a week it's not like I can just churn them out when people want them like as long as the waiting list is growing I can start increasing the price so that happens slowly and over years and it's it all depends on on the market and and how you add value to your product and that is where you know you can actually start to break into new price brackets um so you mentioned at the beginning you work for sort of maybe the higher ends and how important is it to build connections with sort of maybe a client base or a network, maybe even galleries that will buy your work maybe a couple of times or they might commission you or how important is that? 
Uh, I think relationships with within the industry, it doesn't matter if they're buying or if it's just a connection that you're making like accidentally, I think that they are the most important part of being successful because the art industry is such a small world, especially with everything being online. Uh, if you go to a gallery and you have a really negative experience with them and they start talking between their connections, you know, it automatically puts a little sort of like a, a sour taste into what could be potentially a really good experience. So I take my relationships very seriously, whether it's just been a very small commission or a very small sale. I will treat people that have spent $50 on a tutorial the exact same as I would treat people who have spent thousands of dollars on an original painting, just because people talk and word spreads and you just, you want to be good at what you do. Like you want to be the best and you want people to know that. And so what would be something that's not in the job description that you maybe have to deal with every now and then? Um, I would have to say I, what I found um, the hardest part would be detaching myself emotionally from my work and from, from sales or the lack of sales uh, because art is such an emotional and personal thing for, for someone to put out there. Uh, as soon as you release it into the public domain, you've, you've released um, your power over it, I guess, if you want to call it that. And I think the next thing would be the patience that's required to wait it out. <laughs> mm. And how would somebody begin to really progress in the industry? I know you've, you've already said it takes a long time and a lot of years and hard work, mm. but is there anything else they can do? Like your social media classes, for example, I'd imagine that's helping you progress in the industry. Yeah, you definitely upskill yourself. Like don't wait for someone to find you. Um, I think making your own value is, especially because online media, like investing in yourself so that you can do better quality work uh, definitely speeds up the progression. Uh, it's to just keep going <laughs> uh, and, and to just keep doing your thing and being willing to learn would definitely help you progress in the industry. Like I had, I had no idea how to edit videos or anything about photography when I first started. And that's something that's become the cornerstone to how people view my work is the quality of how I present it to them. So I've invested a lot of time, a lot of money into that part of my business, even though it's not directly like, the art making so i've i've spent a lot creating value around the yeah. art it's not just about the art so thinking about those things helps to actually progress yeah more yeah, in certainly. That part. yeah and uh would you still go into the industry knowing everything you know now absolutely best job oh, i've ever had <laughs> <laughs> brilliant um listen thank you so much for coming on carla it's been a real pleasure to chat with you Oh, thanks for having me. That was was really good chat. Thank you so much. Where can people find you on social media as well as your artwork? I'm on both Instagram and Facebook. That's probably where I'm the most 
candid. So it's Carla underscore Grace underscore art and just Carla Grace art on Facebook. And I also have a website, which I keep just as up to date, which is just carlagraceart.com. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Carla. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much.